So this week, what I want to do is I want to sort of bring what I've been learning in this life series so far to you. And I want to bring, I guess, what's been put on my heart through this series and, I guess, share what I've gotten out of it so far. So that's what I really want to, I guess, bring to you guys today and share with you. Is that okay? Awesome. Awesome. So I just realized I haven't introduced myself. My name is Josh. I am the Youth and Kids Coordinator here at Lyft. And yeah, I don't think you need to know much more about me. That's me. That's me. That's my life. It's pretty awesome. It's already 2020, which is pretty crazy. This is the first transition to a new decade that I've, I guess, experienced in a full way because from the 2000s to the 2010s, I was 11, so it wasn't really a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> this, this transition from the 2010s to the 2020s, you just see everyone going around, and every new year, everyone's going around like, new year, new me, let's go, this is going to be amazing, like, my life's going to be transformed, this day is going to change, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool, you do you, you do you, but then this transition to a new decade, now that I'm an, an adult most of the time, I, um, <laughs> I've really noticed that everyone around me has kind of made this transition into the new decade such a big deal. They're going on like, this, it's as if this switch in a calendar date, this switch in a number on the calendar is going to transform their lives. And it confuses me a bit. But it got me thinking. And I actually, I, I like that people are wanting to get into their lives. And I like that this, this switch of year is motivating them to do that. It's motivating them to take control of their lives, figuring out what they want to do, figuring out where they want to go next. And so this all got me thinking about what is really important. And this series has been really amazing because as I've been thinking about that, it would have been, I guess, this idea that would have just been gone to the back of my head, would have forgotten about it, all good, all good, let's go. But this series has just been bringing it up again and again and again, just throughout my week and throughout this month, just bringing it up. And it really made me think, like, is my job important? Boss would probably say yes. Is my study important? My parents would probably say yes. Is, is food and sleep important? My doctor would probably say yes. And I agree with all of them. I do think they are all important. This isn't me coming in being like, never study, never get a job, any of that. I think they are really important. But I just want to share a story with you guys today. A few years ago, um, it was my dad's birthday, and we got him a new Xbox One. And it was awesome. I don't really think that we got it for him. I think we got it for ourselves, and then he got it as well. So it was like win-win for everyone. But the great thing about his birthday being in July is that Father's Day is a few months later. So you can kind of get a present and then get something that like joins onto it. So what I wanted to get him for, his, for Father's Day was like this. It's a charging dock, like a charging dock for the Xbox remotes. Because at the moment we're playing with them, we're just chucking them in a drawer, we've finished them. You get them out, they're flat, you need to get new batteries, it's just... There was struggles all around for one, right? So I was like, I'm going to get him a charging dock. So then he's gonna, they're going to be nicely presented, going to be fully charged all the time. It's going to be great. So go out, buy this charging dock, get home. I think, I'm not going to wrap this. What I'm going to do, mum's already like smiling. She's like, ha, ha, ha. Anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to set it up for him. I'm going to have it all ready to go. And then... Came out, Father's Day, we're like, yeah, thank you for being a great dad, all that sort of stuff, but he, he is a pretty great dad, so it was all sincere, but 
But then my parents started telling me off for setting up these controllers. And I was so confused. I was like, you don't have to do this now. You don't have to like unwrap it. I've saved you so much time. It's all ready to go for you. But the fact was, in that moment, that I hadn't really realized what was important. In that moment, for Father's Day, the importance wasn't behind the gift. The importance was behind sitting together and unwrapping that gift and spending that time together and just, just sitting in that space together. And that's, that's the thing that we missed out on and that's the thing that they were really annoyed about. And I guess in that moment, I just didn't get what was important. That was a moment for me that I just, I just missed what was important in the moment. What I thought was important really wasn't at all. Now what I did in that moment is a prime example of someone who forgets what's important. Now I want to share with you a passage in John chapter 21 that really shows you, I guess, someone, or Simon Peter, he chose what was really important. So John chapter 21 says, Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not recognize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, I find this really weird because this is like the book of John and it's John saying it's the disciple that Jesus loved and like, okay, you are a vain guy, but that is okay. The disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off, also weird detail, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared asked him, Who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now here in the story, the story itself is pretty miraculous. It's pretty amazing. But what I want to focus on this morning is Peter's reaction to the story. Peter's reaction to what had happened. So they had just pulled in a miraculous catch. And it wasn't just a miraculous catch as in they got 153 fish that were going to be able to feed lots of people, it was going to get them lots of money. But as miraculous is in the way that it was impossible. And this was a defining moment because this could define their career. That for the people in that boat, they would be known for years to come as the people who were able to catch this 153 fish in one go. Like this was going to make their career. And something interesting happens. As soon as John points out to Peter that, 
that it may be Jesus on shore, that, that the person on shore may be Jesus, he completely forgets about the catch. He literally, he doesn't even wait for the boat to get to shore. He doesn't wait to make sure the nets don't break as they bring it in. He jumps straight into that water. He jumps straight into that water. He swims back to shore to have breakfast with Jesus, to sit with Jesus. And it's as if he just completely forgets about it until he's sitting with Jesus. And then Jesus is like, hey, just go grab some of that fish. We're chucking on the coals as well. And that's when he, oh, oh my gosh, yes, we just had this catch. And this is an amazing story. Everything about it, the miracle, their reaction, everything about it is amazing. But the amazing thing for me was that Peter really knew in this situation what was important. Peter really knew that whilst this catch was cool, whilst this career-making event was cool, the thing that was important was sitting with Jesus. The thing that was important were just having breakfast with him and getting to know him. And after they've done this, after they've gotten the catch, what happens is later in the chapter, Jesus tells Peter what he's going to continue on to do with his life, what he's going to go into, what he's going to do for God, what he's going to, I guess, just pursue in the years to come. And it's amazing, and his life is glorifying God, but this all starts with him jumping out of the boat and swimming back to shore and just sitting in God's presence. Our lives get really crazy. But God is constantly moving in each and every one of your lives today. He's moving. We're constantly moving in the world we're in. We're constantly moving. It's going so fast. But it's in those moments where we sit down, we let God in, we sit with him just for a few moments. Those are the moments that we let him into our lives. Those are the moments that he comes into our lives. Those are the moments that the transformation happens. I've got one more thing to show you this morning. So if Aiden could just grab me some props, I've got something to show you. Awesome. So we've got this jar here. Little vase. Pretty cool. I didn't own any vases before I brought this on during the week, so... Now I have a vase. You guys can buy me flowers. (laughs) So we've got a vase. This vase is going to represent you this morning. Now I've got some ping pong balls. Now, I want you to think about everything people have told you to do in your life. Everything that other people have told you that's important. Everything that people have told you to reach. Everything that people have told you their opinions that they think is so important. Now, for Peter, anyone else would have said he's stupid. Anyone else would have said, you're wasting your time going to shore to see this person. But what if your, next break, your, ne- your, your nets break? What if they break? Then you've lost the catch and then your career is just going to be the same. It's not going to change. You should be staying in this boat. You should be looking after this catch. You should be making sure this is all ready to go before you have any relationship with this guy. He can come after. In our lives, we have so many people. It happens all throughout our lives. I should have really unscrewed these beforehand, but that's okay. As we go through life, growing up, we go to school. We have people telling us, your outfit's not very cool. Yeah, I don't like your shoes. You need better shoes. 
Your teachers tell you, oh, you learn a bit funny. You don't learn like everyone else. Or, or maybe you're just small things like your siblings pick on you. And that, even as a child, that can shift your identity. And then as you get older, you t- people tell you, go to this uni, go to that uni, do this, do that, you need this job. If you really want to succeed, you need to be friends with these people. And we keep going through, all through lives, all through our life. And then we graduate and we become like real adults, right? And we start hearing, we start hearing all these people tell us, you need to be at this point now. You need to get here. You need to go there. By, by 25, you need to have this car and you need to have this much paid off a mortgage. By, by 30, you should be married with seven and a half kids. And I don't know. But <laughs> it doesn't even stop there. It goes into our spiritual lives as well. It goes into our relationship with God as well. As we get to know Jesus, as we walk with God, there's people telling us, they're telling us, if you're not praying 10 times a day, God's not going to love you. And there's some things that just don't stick and they're pretty great. There's, some, there's people saying, if you don't pray 10 times a day, Jesus isn't going to love you. Saying, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing that, if you're not living this way, then you're not going to have a relationship with God. And you've got all these people telling you these lies and things that are coming into your life that are filling up your lives and your identity starts getting defined by what they are saying. And it impacts your whole life. It's filling you up and eventually that's not just your identity, but that also goes into your mindsets. That also goes into your goals for life. That also goes into your ideas. All this is dictated by what other people think and they're dictated by other people's ideas of what you should be doing and who you should be. But the Bible, God's Word, it tells us something different. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. How amazing is that? This is telling us that all you have to do to see God start moving, to see God start moving other things in life, to start moving these things that have been in your life out. All you've got to do is get to know Him. All you've got to do is spend a bit of time with Him. And what He's going to do is He's going to start filling you up. And at first, it may seem like it's not doing anything. At first, it's like, guys, I read my Bible for 10 minutes every day for a week, and it's not doing anything. But there's still water in there. God's still filling you. You may not see the outcome yet, but he's still filling you in. It's this thing about disciplines. It's this thing about keep going. It's this thing that you can't stop there. If you stop there, it's just all going to look the same. So you just got to keep going. You've got to seek after God, spend time with him, start worshiping him, read your Bible, pray, get into community, get around people that know God, get around people that can, that can come around you and get you closer to God. And as you do that, as you come up, things will start moving out. And my jug is empty, so I'm going to get rid of that one. But look, they start coming out, start filling out. As you keep going, you keep pushing out. And these are really wet, so I think they're really struggling right now. But they're coming out. Look at that. And then you get to a point that's like, yes, look at this. God is filling up my life. Look at that. And some people just leave, and that's amazing. They can't handle your new, your new identity in Christ. It's amazing. It's amazing. Look at me. I'm a new person. But if you stop there, you become lukewarm. If you stop there, 
Stop letting God pour into you because you're like, I've got God inside me. I don't need to do any of that. I don't need to go to church anymore. I've got God. You stop doing that. When people are looking from far away, if I come back down the back here, across the auditorium, you can't really even see that there's water in there. You can't even really see that God has filled up your life. All you can see is these ping pong balls. All you can see is the identity that you have that's formed around these lies and these things that people tell you. And, and you're like, yes, 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 I can. St- oh, God is good. Oh, but I'm still going to live life this way. I'm still going to do that. I'm still going still to do this. I don't really need a close relationship with God. I've got a relationship with him. I don't need to get closer to him. Then you're like, God is good all the time. It's amazing. Oh, but I don't really want to know him that well. I mean, he's pretty cool over there, but I don't want him to be close to me. I know of him, but I don't really want to know him closely. And you just get stuck in this space that God has filled you. But you're just stuck, and there's still these things in your life. There's still these lies that you're living your life out of. There's still these, your identity is not in Christ. Even though you may have God in you, if you're not letting him constantly pour into you, then your identity is not going to be in him. Your identity is going to be in the things that other people are saying of your life. If you, you just need to keep going constantly, letting God pour into you all the way up, filling it up till it all overflows. We need to let God overflow in our life. And there is water all over this table now, but that is okay. You let God overflow in your life. Let's get all those off. See you later. Don't need those in our life anymore. They aren't coming off, but that's okay. Bam, gone. Look at that. Sometimes God just comes in personally, uses his hand, transforms your life. Can I invite the band up this morning? I just want to watch this. When these lies, when they try to come back in, when they try to get a grip on your life, they just float on the top. Even if they come in, they're trying, they're trying, they're trying, they're trying. Oh, no, they're still on the surface. They can't get a hold of your life as long as you're filled up with, as long as you're filled up in God's presence. That stuff can't get a hold of your life anymore. And the thing is, if these, these lies, they're on the surface now. Things are easier to deal with when they're on the surface. Things are easier to deal with when God can just come in and he can be like, yep, those are gone, that's gone, that's gone. Yep, see you later. Look at that. It's so much easier to work through these lies and these struggles. It's still going to be hard. It's not just going to happen. But when you are filled up with God's presence, when you do sit with Him, when you do get to know Him, when you do have this close relationship with Him, there's nothing you need to do. You don't need to strive anymore. You don't need to complete all these things. You don't need to accomplish this checklist anymore. All you need to do is trust in Him. Trust that He's going to move in your life. Trust that He is going to come alongside you and that He is going to walk alongside you in this. And there's, going to, that, that, that there's this transformation that's going to happen. And it's not down to you anymore. You don't need to do this alone. You're not an empty vessel anymore. You're a vessel that is filled with God's presence. And... As you keep going, I have no idea which of these jugs have water in them anymore. But as you keep going, 
You get filled up. It's awesome. But then you keep going, and it gets overflowed, and it keeps going. And you're like, oh, no, it's wasting water. It's wasting water. It's wasting water. But if this bucket was the people around you, you will notice that these ping pong balls are already starting to float up. That it's going to have an over, overflow effect in other people's lives around you. That's not just going to be you that's affected. That other people's lives are going to be transformed through your relationship with God. That they're going to get to know God through seeing you. For some people, they're, no, they're never going to pick up a Bible. They're never going to walk into our church. For some people, it's you. It's down to you. Some people, you're the one that they're going to look for for an image of God. You're the one they're going to look for and be like, oh, that's what a relationship with God's like. Maybe I want that. And as you keep overflowing, as, God, as, you still, as you keep letting God speak into your life, you're overflowing and these people around you, they're filling up. And those lives, those things that were in their lives, they, they can't be in their lives anymore. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to throw that at you. But they, those lives, they, those lives can't stick. There's no way they can stick anymore. They just float up and they go. They're out. You may still have to deal with them. See, I know you will still have to deal with them. They don't just disappear without you doing any work. But you're not dealing with them alone anymore. This is something that you deal with, but with God by your side. Not only that, but with a God-loving community by your side. And that is what church is. Church isn't some building that we come to on a Sunday. Church isn't somewhere that we come, we just sing a few songs, hear someone say some words to us. That's not what church is. Church is this community. You're thinking, oh, you got to... We got a lift experience this morning. That's church. We're done. This quiz night we're having tonight, that is church. Coming together as a community, eating together, having fun together, laughing together, that is church. That is the image of church that God had. That is the image of church that we want to have. As you do all this, God's going to lead you into a bigger and better purpose that you couldn't even imagine. You think you have career goals? You think you know where you want to go in life? Wait until you let God in. Once you let God in, He's going to wipe that all off the board. He's going to wipe that all out. He's going to transform that. It's going to be greater than you could ever imagine. Once you let God in, He will transform your life. So I want to... I want to challenge you this morning that you may already know God. You may already know of Him. You may already have some sort of relationship with Him. But let Him fill you. Constantly seek after you. Constantly seek after Him. Let Him come into your life. I've been thinking, what is really important? What, like, is my career important? Is my health important? Is, is my job important? All this stuff. And yes, it's all important. But I'm not asking what's important. I'm asking what's really important. All that stuff will come after once I figure out what's really important in this moment. Like Peter did, what was really important was that relationship with God. What was really important was sitting with Him. He wasn't doing anything. Like Jesus wasn't on shore being like, here's 20 bucks, come get it, come get it. It wasn't some dare to jump into the water. There was just this guy sitting on the shore cooking some fish and some bread over coals. All he knew is that this guy was going to transform his life. All he knew was this guy was going to come in and that was never going to be the same again. Before we finish this morning, there's one more thing 
I'd like to do with you all. This morning, I believe that there are people in here that don't know Jesus, that you may have heard of him, you may have even been coming to live for a while now, you may have even been part of our community for a while, but you don't have this relationship with him. And there may be other people here that have known God, but have decided they don't need that anymore. I've walked away from it being like, yes, no, I, I've been filled up a little bit. I can go away. But the thing is, once you fill it up a little bit, those ping pong balls are going to keep coming in. They're going to keep coming in. Those lies are still going to keep coming in. And if you're not building your relationship with God, they're going to take a hold. As the, if, that is this, if that is you this morning, what we're going to do is the one's going to close their eyes. They're going to bow their heads. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Now, this prayer isn't anything special. This prayer is not going to, well, it is special. But the words themselves aren't special. The words themselves aren't some, like, magical spell. The words themselves are just normal words. The power behind it comes from you declaring it. The power comes from you in your heart saying, yes, God, I believe in you. Yes, God, I want to have a relationship with you. Yes, God, I want to pursue this. Let's go. And if that is you this morning, I'm just going to lead you in the prayer. And yeah, let's just pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for giving me life and loving me. I ask you to come into my heart to cleanse me of my sins and teach me your ways. I want to live for you and in your name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.